Hello everyone, this is The Brand, and this is The Source, Eric Johnson and Aaron Bigpig. Aaron, today's subject is going to be the high school athlete during and after. Aaron, today's subject is going to be about the middle school and high school athlete during and after the coronavirus. So, EJ, all of us are dealing with, you know, the, the current events and in different parts of the country. Right now in the Bay Area, uh, we're actually on a, a mandatory lockdown. And there's a lot of panic, a lot of confusion, and I'm getting calls from athletes and parents on what they should do. You know, I think in broaching the subject today, we can kind of give, uh, not necessarily some definitive answers, but at least uh, some ways for people to cope and strategize during this period. You know, what are your thoughts? Well, Aaron, I think one of the first things for all athletes to understand is not to panic. And many times when you go through these types of things we have in society, athletes or parents or players, etc., etc., um, worry about, you know, short-term fixes. And in society, we we have to kind of figure out what's going on. There are so many entities involved. First of all, it's our welfare as a country. The second thing is that we have to find some sort of cure or some sort of immunity for all of us. So that's a priority. I think if we could do that, then we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. And, and with that, there's lots of time athletes do have time. I always tend to say even when there's a, a moment of adversity or crisis, there within that can be a moment of opportunity. That's the way I want our athletes to, to approach this, to be proactive and use this as a moment of, act, of activity and moving forward and taking advantage of the best of a bad situation. And one of the things to do is, is to start a plan. You know, that plan can be, how are you going to navigate your training now, uh, making those adjustments so that you're, you can train at home or with limited resources, getting together with your coaches or trainers and formulating that plan and working that sort of situation uh, to the best you can. I agree with you. I think one of the first things is understand that you do have time and all these entities out there have halted, they've stopped, and they're trying to figure out what they are doing also. So this is a great time to get with your trainers, get with your coaches, reflect on what you're doing or what you've done, and come with a new plan. And actually, this, this might work really to the athlete's benefit because they can start retraining and getting their body back into some sort of shape because they've gone through tryouts and early parts of their games and the season just really started. This is a good reset button to go over what they've been doing and making sure that they're on track with what they are trying to accomplish in the end. I, I totally agree. You know, there are some athletes who now have the opportunity to better position themselves once this uh, situation clears up and can and be in a much stronger position. Uh, it's a time for you athletes to work on some weaknesses, isolate some of those weaknesses that you can work on and, and improve those. It's a time for some of you guys to raise your sport IQ. 
it's great time to study. I, I mean, athletes should be going on the internet and maybe reading different materials and looking at different videos on how to improve their game. And a lot of athletes spend a lot of time practicing, but they don't really focus on a lot of the, the mental IQ part of it. And even when I'm talking mental IQ, you know, what's, what's your, where's your psychology of the game? You know, where's your, your mental fortitude? All of those are aspects that take no facilities and take no equipment to take advantage of. And you've got plenty of time to, to do that now. And again, if you need help with that, call your, your coach or your trainer and, and ask for some, some suggestions. Uh, one of the things that we'll probably do here at Hardball Athletics is put together a reading list or, or video list for some of our athletes to be able to uh, resource and, have a, and get some of the information that they're looking for. So, how do you plan? Well, I think the first thing an athlete and a parent should sit down and do is, is amongst themselves and then with their coaches and trainers, talk about positioning themselves. And what I mean by positioning is figuring out your calendar, what events you're going to participate in, what events have been canceled, recruiting period, where you are in the, on that spectrum, and what are your, your, what's your window look like. Uh, so I think those are a couple of things that athletes and parents really need to consider in this next in, in the next coming weeks and months. What are your thoughts on that, EJ? You know, it's interesting because the seasons postponed or suspended, and really look like it they're going to be canceled at this time. Athletes, you know, timeline is anywhere from May fifteenth all the way to the end of the summer. Now, I think the NCAA is going to come up with some sort of grace period on aspects of the recruiting for the 2020 athlete and the 2021 athlete. So basically, it's very important that the athlete has a strategy and a plan that they need to move forward, especially with the athlete that's a 2020 senior that hasn't committed yet because they had this whole period the past month and a half to really be seen. And they really have up until the first day of school to sign a, their next letter of intent. So I think it's important that they're going to need to probably be out at events doing stuff, playing in front of colleges who need to see them again. So they may have to go to an event, whether it's locally or nationally, to be seen by the schools that have been recruiting them over the past, I'd say, three to four months. So, Aaron, it's a very um, tough situation for these young athletes, but it can happen. Some of them need to go to junior college. Some of them need to go to Division three schools. Some need to be seen by Division two and Division one. Everyone has a fit, and they need to understand if they want to go and play at the next level, they need to be open to all of these fits. And I'm glad you, you mentioned that because that's one of the things I wanted to talk about was in positioning yourself, what are some of the things you need to do? And, and one of the things you just talked about was identifying those schools and different levels of play. And I think at this point, because the window has changed for, for some of these juniors and seniors, I think it's, it's prudent for athletes and parents to maybe broaden their, um, their range of prospective schools that they're looking at. And junior colleges and, and Division two or three schools, 
could be a good fit or a good alternative to some of these kids, especially if the D1 programs have already committed their their funds or, or their resources. And a lot of these schools have, you know, committed the resources, so I think it's a reality check for a lot of these 2020 athletes. And it could be a good reset for them to evaluate their skill level and really to get stronger. Some of these 2020 kids will be peaking, you know, maybe in May and June anyway. So it's not a bad thing for those those kids. And I think everyone has their fit, like I mentioned earlier. But for the 2021 athlete, it's a reset too. It's a It could be a positive thing. And I think they need to look at it that way rather than a negative thing. Like, oh, I've lost this. Maybe this is a time where they gain their strength. They reset their mental mindset and they get into a place where they can be more confident and successful about their next level of play. So with that said, you know, you've got an athlete who's in that situation and and they've got to, I think, repackage themselves or or readjust the packaging of themselves. And some of the things I was thinking about was maybe because an these coaches aren't going to be able to see you play because the outlets are reduced is to get together past film and maybe putting together some of those sorts of packages where you've got past film of your play of your your training maybe having measurables taken and packaging those sorts of things with your presentation that gives the coaches just a little bit more information on you as an athlete versus just saying, hey, here I am, you know, please find me. So I think athletes and parents need to be proactive about putting those sorts of things together and doing that with reputable sources. You know, I'm not just saying, you know, send in your video of you in your backyard hitting off a tee, but maybe where you're, you're, you're with your trainer and you're doing something, some exercises or some sprints or even hitting the ball off the tee, but you're showing some, uh, exit speed readings and, and things like that. I think those might be some ways that an athlete can kind of you know beef up their resume and at least give a coach a little bit more insight on, into who they are. I like that idea, Aaron. I think uh, a lot of these, these athletes can beef up their resume. And the neat thing about measurables is that over the past three or four years, most of all these athletes have been measured in some sort and they've sent out recruiting videos and they've sent out all their exit velocities, their spin rates, their running speeds, their arm strength velocities. And if they've done a really good job with keeping a library on all their information, then they can package that from year to year and then have a present measurables and they can show the recruiters, the colleges, um, their measurables and see how much they've improved and even their strength numbers. If they've been doing a really good job as a student athlete, focusing on all facets of their game, then you know this is a great idea, and I love that idea, Aaron. It's, uh, it's something I think they should be doing. Good, and to piggyback off of that, again, I mentioned uh, you, know, you want reputable sources. Uh, you just can't kind of backyard this stuff. So you know, get with trainers and, and coaches that, that have some some cachet. And to segue into, into something else that's close to that is I think athletes need to start to, um, I think references 
become a lot more important now because you're not going to have as much information out there about you. So those people you're in contact with and the, the, the quality of those relationships, I think, can help sell an athlete at this point. So getting strong references from, from strong individuals who are respected, um, who can advocate for you, uh, I think is, is another way that athletes can kind of bridge this gap uh, of what's going on here and the lack of visibility that's out there for them. I will say this, Aaron, is that many college coaches um, at all levels want to help the athlete. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of them don't understand that. Our relationships that you and I have had for over 20 years with college coaches, um, they've always said, hey, listen, this athlete may not fit for us, but I would be more than happy to refer them to another school. And I think that's a resource that a lot of student athletes don't understand that they do have. So having a reputable source as, you know, the brand and the source, you know, we like to help athletes that way that uh, can, can move on to the next level and help them with those references because of coaches who are willing to go that extra mile for that, that person, especially if the student athlete is a good person outside of the sport and he's a good person in society and, he, uh, and they like what that athlete's about. I think they need to understand that, that, that parents and athletes out there, college coaches like you. You know, just because they don't pick you for their particular school doesn't mean they don't like you. So use that resource. I think that's very valuable. That's a great point, Aaron. Finding that, that athlete mentor is something that's, that's increasingly important for today's athlete. Uh, because again, it's not just about training, um, it's about information and, and going to the right sources of information and having access to proper information. And I think that is a, a way that a lot of athletes need to go. Okay, EJ, so we've talked about planning, we've talked about don't panic, we've talked about positioning yourself, but there's also one big factor in all of this, the financial aspect. And, you know, there's gonna have to be some hard choices to be made. Uh, and I think that with the proper planning, you can marshal res your resources for the right events, for the right activities, and to make it pay off for you. But there's another aspect of that. Financially, you've also got to look at how is this going to affect your, your situation with, with the colleges in terms of not just how much money they have, but maybe how much money you're going to have available and what that's going to look like over the course of your collegiate career. And now they may want you, but they may have to decrease your scholarship or you may have to spend another year. And those are also considerations. So it's not just the short term, oh, okay, well, we've, we've got to get our resources together for these next couple of months and these particular showcases or, or these events that we want to go to, but also what's that going to do to the back end for some of uh, these athletes who are, are headed to college. And what are some of your, your, your thoughts on that? What's your takeaway? Aaron, the committed athlete that has a scholarship that has signed a national letter of intent, that's important. I think those athletes need to be in communication with their college and find out what that financial commitment is. Like you mentioned earlier, maybe that scholarship was 75%. 
And because the NCAA has granted an extra year of eligibility for all those 2020 college graduates, yeah, and their eligibility is coming up, and they said, hey, listen, we're going to give you another year. Because you have 75%, maybe it's, that's being decreased. Maybe the NCAA is going to change the that's amount right. of scholarships. But we don't know what that is. It could be 13. It could be 15. We don't know that. Um, so I think you need to be in constant contact with the school that's committed, that you've already signed that national letter of intent to, because that's the best way, have information. When you have information, it's powerful. It allows you to make clear decisions and allows you to evaluate where you're going to the next level, not only on a short-term, but on a long-term basis. That's the committed guy. For the uncommitted guy, you really fall into the same boat because you're maybe they said hey there's a possibility that on April 1st we're gonna offer you this much money because this guy's gonna be drafted well since baseball has stopped completely that's a different story now right. so in both cases the committed guy and the almost committed guy the uncommitted guy that was possibly going to get a scholarship April 1st that all changes the playing field has changed now the NCAA Major League Baseball, all of that has changed. So the athlete, the parent working together, talking to that college recruiter or those schools need to be informed with that information. It's uh, a good point. Yeah, there's there's a domino or a ripple effect of, of what's happening now that's, that's going to be probably reverberating for the next couple of years. And, and I think athletes and parents really need to plan for that. Um, but to, to move back to the more immediate aspect, what are some of the economic or financial considerations, if any, that uh, athletes and parents would be considering, say, for the short term? You know, maybe now they're, they're able to kick some events off in July, August, September. And I know a lot of them have been canceled. I think uh, one of the kids was telling me, perfect game. And, and some of these other these big events that a lot of these kids rely on for exposure have been canceled. And again, yeah, it goes back to having a plan and being proactive and being an advocate for yourself in terms of the recruiting aspect. But still, what do you think they should consider in terms of outlets as these outlets start to present themselves and things kind of start to, the, the landscape starts to smooth out? What are some financial considerations? Are are there any that that they need to now look at? I mean, are, are these events going to cost more now, or you know, because they're going to be more impacted, or are they, are they going to be less events now because of just the time frame and maybe the prices go up because they're trying to recoup revenue? I mean, there's a lot of different things and. And you can't just use the shotgun approach. Not every parent, you know, or has a you know money tree in the backyard to just say, okay, well, we're just going to do everything. Um, what What are your thoughts on that, Aaron? It's going to be chaos. To be honest with you, I'll tell you why. Is that a lot of student athletes are understanding that they're uneducated in terms of knowing the process already. Now they're going into a playing field where baseball in general doesn't know what they're going to do. Perfect Game, one of the largest entities in college recruiting and professional baseball. They've canceled all their events and they're suspended them right now and they don't have an immediate plan that they're putting out there to the public. We don't know when that's going to come on board because 
the Major League Baseball season is suspended till May 15th. Mm -hmm. USA Baseball has suspended all their operations or tournaments till May 15th. So you're talking about from May 15th to the start of the school year, which would be August 15th for some colleges or September 22nd for some colleges. So there's a window that's very short. And players have to get back in shape. They just can't go out there May 16th and say, okay, we're going to a tournament. Right. Yeah. There'll be a month, two week to three week period before anything starts officially as here's our tournament or here's our showcase. It won't be until June 1st to June 7th before those things really start up. So the window becomes now June 1st to that August or September date. That's only really two months. So a parent or a student athlete, a family trying to understand it, have a navigate through that. What's the best thing for my kid? Is it to go to a showcase or go with my team to an event where I can be exposed more? I think the number one thing you said earlier, having a plan. Having a plan and saying, what is our priority? What is our list of schools? Where are they gonna be? That's where I need to be. Another thing is, what about my grades? Remember, <laughs> the school school may, may not be in session. How's the NCA gonna handle that? That's a whole nother entity that people don't look at. The education factor. You know, are they gonna allow these kids, high schools and colleges gonna allow these kids to graduate knowing that they haven't completed their final semester? Right. How's that gonna work? Yeah. So you have all these factors playing into it. Right now, we're at a wait and see regarding that. And that's going to be interesting itself. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting that you said that with that shortened period to be ready once these things do kick off the ground. Well, you know, as a trainer, the first thing that pops to my mind is it begs the question, what are you doing now to try and get yourself ready so that you're not caught behind the eight ball and you're not trying to, you know, put the pedal to the metal uh, a month or a month and a half from now uh, with only three or four weeks to prepare? for an important event that you're, you're trying to put your best foot forward in. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think it's very important for the athlete to be ready, to be training right now. Don't, don't sit around the house and do nothing or you know, have a plan. Talk to your trainer, talk to your coach, figure out a plan that you need to do to initiate activity from a sports performance standpoint and also from a baseball standpoint. So to wrap up, the high school athlete and the coronavirus before and after. How do you handle it? Well, there's, just to recap, a lot of different things. Um, have a plan, don't panic, position yourself, look at what you should do with your financial commitment, and really find some resources and some consultants. And I think you'll be able to weather this storm. This is Eric Johnson, the brand. And Aaron Thigpen, the source. We'll see you next time.